Well, well, well. What a final set of Premier League fixtures before the World Cup. City continue tricking us into thinking there's a title race. Arsenal win the top on Christmas Day title to add to their fourth place trophies. Chelsea usurp Liverpool as a new crisis club. Bentaker does his regular rescue act. Everton are rubbish again. And Bielsa back in the Prem. All that and more on today's episode of From the Backseat Football Podcast. Um, it's your usual lineup today. So myself, Jack, and my co-host Hugh. How are you today, Hugh? I am very well, thank you, mate. Very well. It's good to be back reviewing Premier League football. It feels like it feels like we haven't done this in a little while, actually. Maybe our biggest gap since we started. So rough and ready, mate. Ready slacking, to go. Mate. Been slacking, mate. Slacking. <laughs> Binned <laughs> off the Carabao Cup. Who cares about the Carabao yeah, Cup? Just, Not us. <laughs> I would say we took a directives like just like Premier League clubs, and we were like, we don't need this. If we lose, good. We don't have to talk about it. If Honestly, we had reserves, like we would have played them. Amen. But we're back for the real gravy, baby. And we have some we have some lovely fixtures to go for, actually. It's been a really cracking weekend of football, um, as you'd expect. Signed off right. Signed off right. Oh, yes. Signed off with a styly. So where are we going to start, Jack? Talk to me. What's the sketch? Look, there's only one place to start. Man City 1, Brentford 2. How fun. How we fun. have a title race, it looks like. I feel like this is just written in the script, just to add a bit of drama. For context, Man City have won all of their home games this season and Brentford haven't won away all season. So to say this was a shock is an understatement. Love to see it. Love to see it. We've been waiting for some jeopardy to hit Man City for a while now. And it's obviously happened on the final game before the World Cup break, as it is. As things go and... Ivan Tony really did show Gareth Southgate what he is going to miss in the next month down <laughs> in the Middle East. <laughs> so let's start yeah, with big Ivan. How about that? Should we start with him? Yeah, mate. He's very good at scoring goals. That's, that, <laughs> that is evident. <laughs> Will he be missed at the World Cup? Probably not. He probably, probably wouldn't not. have played anyway. But it's just, it's nice to know what could have been from the bench. I agree. I agree. I mean... To put some stats into it, some correct stats as well, may I add. He has scored 17 Premier League goals over the last two seasons, so the second highest scoring Englishman behind Harry Kane. So is there an argument for him maybe unfortunate to miss out? Maybe. I think there's an argument for it, but I think the general consensus really is is that whatever Southgate chose for his World Cup squad, someone somewhere would have some grievance with it. So it's just kind of... It is what it is for Ivan Tony, but he really did hit them with a plum. And I love the celebration too. What do you think of that? I liked it. I liked it. Wasn't very muted, pretty clear what the message was, but <laughs> yeah, I like it, mate. He backs himself and I'd say borderline hat trick at the Etihad. Nothing to be sniffed at. Nothing yeah, to be sniffed at. I'd say it's a good reflection on the health of the England squad that the only debate is about who's gonna sit on the bench and be Harry Kane's backup. That's the main talking point. So, feels like Gareth's actually done a good job picking the squad. Don't really have he an issue. He certainly has. No, me neither, which is a real surprise, actually, because I thought I would have more of an issue with it. But anyway, deviating. So, let's start with Brentford, because rightly so, they were the winners. Um, you made a note of this previously, but they were just long balling it, weren't they? That was a tactic from the get go. Send it over the midfield and bypass the press um, and hit it to the flanks. Like, City really like to press into the opposition half and really squeeze the space. And because most teams play play out from the back, like, the turnovers are quite regular for City. So, yeah, 
Turns out, if you if you just hit it long and you have someone up there who can sort of knock the ball down and you're brave, you can just get at them every time, time and again. And that's what Brentford did. That's what Leicester did Absolutely. a couple of weeks ago or, or last week. That's what Newcastle did a few weeks ago. That's what Liverpool did really effectively to them. Basically, we now know how to play City. Just kick just it, kick it over him. Yeah. yeah. Put Cancelo on pressure, himself. mate. He doesn't like it on the turn, Cancelo. That's clear. He doesn't. <laughs> he doesn't he likes like going it. forwards, but maybe there's shades of Trent about Cancelo, it turns out. He's all he's all going forward. Can't defend. He's a fraud. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if next year he's going to get all black. <laughs> um, but yeah, got to give credit. I think with Brentford, they're the only team that are like, we're just going to throw the kitchen sink at them. I think that's the only way you can go at the Etihad. If you try and play it along the ground or you try and, you know, shut up shop, you're just going to lose one or two nil. They're going to they're gonna find the chink in your armour, so you may as well go for it. And that's what they did. And they're deserved winners. I can't even sit here and say Man City outplayed them. I think for the yeah. most part, City looked pretty pretty sluggish, to be honest. Pretty sloppy in their play. KDB had a had an anonymous game, as did Haaland, which we'll come on to. And I think, I yeah, mate. Brentford were deserved winners coming into this game and that's a real shock probably the biggest shock yeah I think they marshalled Harden really well I think City just ran out of ideas to be honest they lacked that penetration that they had at the start of the season um, yeah. they were kind of just just almost like just chucking the ball in the box for the sake of it or just trying things that weren't really on um, probably fatigue plays a part but let's just give the credit to, to Brentford they were just so good at defending so compact and then Every single time mm. they broke, they all just ran up the pitch to support the attack. Mm. None more so than the main man, Rico Henry. What should have been on that plane. Should have yeah. been. Doors back up. He's actually really good. Really like good. he, his ability to just run up and down endlessly and be both a competent defender and a really good attacking fullback. Mate, he's good. Should have been on that plane, mate. Because no one wants to see Trippier playing left wing back. No one wants that. No, so, it is looking light at left back. So, yeah, it does seem like a big mistake. And it's not like this is his first stand-up performance of the season. He's actually been at it for the last, I'd say the last year, to be honest, even going on the back of last season. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, really impressive. And he, you're right, he was a constant threat overlapping Mbwemo on that left. And they just couldn't handle it. Maybe that is a tactic. Just ping it out to Cancelo and just double up on him. And the guy can't hack yeah. it. So he doesn't funny. like it. Don't like it. It's been, like been found it. out, mate. Because I thought he's the best defender of all time. Best <laughs> so did I. Of all time, sure, but he was on my way to shows. PFA team in a year. But yeah, it goes to show that you know all that pretty play. You can't look behind him. No, mate. Let's talk about Foden's goal, though, because I think, as we said before, as well, it wasn't a very city goal. In from the corner. Nah. Rebound. Wasn't a very city goal was it? It's nice though. It's nice to see nice that finish. he's he can generate a lot of power, can't he? It's not something you necessarily uh, associate with him. Yeah, I agree. You don't really see him put his foot through it very often. In fact, you don't really see many City players put their foot through it very often unless it's Rodri. So, yeah, yeah. Rodri yeah. and obviously KDB, the big boss. Oh, I don't know why I don't know why I didn't think of KDB. You're absolutely right. Um yeah, he, <laughs> he had a him and Haaland. So that's, you know, this is the most lethal partnership and Ben Mee alluded to this in his post-match interview. He said part of the game plan was to just double up on both of the players make sure that the space was never there for them. And they did that so well throughout the whole game. Um, That's interesting. So they double mm, up on both of them. So they double up on the source and they double up on Haaland as well. So yeah, just never KDB gets sorry, it yeah. in, yeah. Haaland's already attacking him. That's good, man. That's good Yeah, tactic. just 
don't give him the space don't allow him to attack the space and you know that requires some serious concentration for about 100 minutes overall on the pitch so a lot of credit to Brentford because um, beyond the goal there really wasn't that many clear cut chances for City I'd say most of their chances were half chances mm-hmm. so. yeah mate I'd agree with that all in all I think honestly Brentford really deserved it and it's really impressive for them like they've, they've been quite patchy this season they had a really good mm-hmm. start and then they had a really boring middle period where they just drew a load of games and now they've just ended it by just beating City in their own backyard so weird team but they're brave and I like it mm, all credit to Thomas Frank and the Bees I think that's probably their biggest victory ever even bigger than United's 4-0 hammering they are I wonder what the ceiling is for Brentford now because everyone you know, every, I think everyone acknowledges they're a tough team to play against. There's no doubt about that. They're definitely Premier League quality, but how far can they go? I just don't know. I don't know either because a lot of the players they buy, I've never really heard of. Damsgaard was mm. the first one that I'd heard of. So, and obviously yeah. Ben Mee, but I wouldn't see Ben Mee was like a stellar signing, even though he has been amazing for them. So, mm. it's hard to know really. I feel like there's a lot of things that work. I mean, they're just in a they're in a competition directly at Brighton, aren't they? Over who's the best run club. So it's a good place to be. Amen, amen. I do like how they run. I get a I get a Tony Bloom vibe from it, but I'm not going to go into that this early <laughs> in the pod. Um, I will say, as an Arsenal fan, it is disappointing that they lose on the eve of the World Cup. I would I feel like had we had another couple of weeks, there would be more potential points dropped by City. I feel yeah. like they were running out of steam, so it's probably a good time for for the break to come in for them. Will they continue the slump? I mean, traditionally, they're very strong over winter months, but we don't really have a winter this year. Could we see Could we see a wobble from City? I'd love to see it. I'd love to see it. I mean, five points behind Arsenal. My only concern with that is that they, they've come back from worse situations and won the league. So you can't really say five points is, is a big cushion yet, or a safe cushion, really. Yeah, 100%. This is the same City that pretty much every year just, just bag out a 14-game winning run just to end the season. Yeah. So... It's hard to see. Still feels like it's theirs to lose, but they do have the most players going to the World Cup, so fatigue might be a real issue for them this season. Um, and they don't honestly have the biggest squad. They have a load of good mm. youngsters, but they don't have that big squad. Like, it's smaller than Chelsea's. Arguably, it's smaller than Liverpool's. Like, if they had the injuries that Liverpool had, I think there'd be a lot more youngsters in that, in that starting lineup. So Yeah, I think you're right. Signs are promising, mate, from an Arsenal perspective, I'd say. But... You are only one injury away from it all falling apart. One injury to oh, Thomas party and it yeah. all goes down. <laughs> it is all fucked. So, yeah, yeah. I'm not, I, honestly, no Arsenal fans are talking about title just yet. Although it's nice to dream. It's nice to dream. Uh, we, we didn't even cover Tony's second goal, so let's quickly go through that. Corner comes in, 97 minutes. City all over them. They want that winner. Breaks to Mbemo on the left. He absolutely bolts it down the left. Suddenly it's a 3v1. Pass it to Josh De Silva. I thought he actually took too long on the ball. I thought the chance had gone. But he manages to get across his man and then whip it in. Um, unbelievable finish. And as I said, Bedlam in the Brentford end. And they deserve Bedlam, it. Mate. They deserve it. Absolutely. What Bedlam. a moment. They did, mate. Almost yeah, into man. third with an almost identical finish as well. So, yeah. Yeah. Huge result. And Huge I wonder result. what the repercussions are for both teams going into this break now. Oh, yeah, the psychological aspect probably does exist. If you're City, you're not used to losing like that, especially at home. That's gonna it's gonna stick with you as you go away to chat off with your international team. So, yeah, love it. The jeopardy, <laughs> the drama. 
and maybe uh, a title race as well. So, all good, man. It's, yeah. It was a great result to start yeah. the weekend, and it really set the precedent for a weekend of upsets and a weekend of high drama. And no less than down at, oh my, I forgot what the stadium's called. Oh my God. Down in North London. <laughs> Tottenham 4, Leeds 3. What is that stadium called? <laughs> Um, is it just a Tottenham Hotspur stadium? Because that is so dead. I think it's a Tottenham Hotspur stadium, oh, yeah. God, what a toilet. Anyway, they won. No, i <laughs> That was They need to get a sponsor. <laughs> they do, they do. They're probably hedging their bets because it is a lovely stadium, to be fair. But, arguably the best fixture of the whole weekend. 4 free. Oh, I mean, Tottenham do it again. They absolutely, they absolutely love going behind. I don't know what it is. They just love coming from behind at home. <laughs> they cannot be asked to play the game unless they're behind. They actually can't no. be asked. They're not even interested. Until they're behind, it's, it's boring. It's too easy. Insane, isn't it? Insane. I mean, Tottenham fans must expect to go one or two down and be like, right, boys, we're going to win this now. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It goes to it's, nil it's actually ridiculous. Time, then, it's actually it ridiculous. But, it okay. is. Somerville. He scored the opener. He's really good. Another goal. Another good run. Another really good finish. He should be going to the World Cup of Holland, but he's not. He's really mm. good at football. Leeds have done it again. They found another really good winger to replace Rafinha for a fraction of the price. He's going to get sold to Barcelona in two seasons for a shitload of money if Barcelona still exists. Easy peasy. Easy peasy. I mean, he's on fire at the moment, this lad. I remember Leeds fans were getting a bit annoyed with him actually with uh, Jesse Marsh's insistence to play him because up until that Liverpool game where he got his first goal he, was, he wasn't creating a lot but since then he's a bit like Almeron he's just on a magic run and mm-hmm. the, it's the calibre of goals that he's scoring that make it so exciting he's so fast you know like on a counter attack you want him in your team he reminds me a bit of Martinelli he's just so direct and he's got his shooting boots on as well at the moment all these finishes are yeah. just someone obviously playing with high confidence so yeah, long yeah, may it continue. It's very mm. impressive. Um, God, there's a lot to talk about this game. I there think is. it's it's almost impossible to cover everything realistically. I mean, like Rodrigo We're scored two something. really good goals and two really good yes. finishes. It's not something I associate with him. He's having no. a seriously hot season as well. Yeah, no, he's really picking it up under Jesse Marsh. I mean, credit to the manager. That second goal he hits it across the reese is that's outrageous. Yeah. That goal. That Don't is expect to be scoring. Yeah, I think he's right-footed as well. No, really? God, that's a good finish. No that's his weaker foot because he's absolutely spanked that. He's actually curled like away from the keeper into the corner. Ooh. And yet, despite all that, and despite all their amazing attacking talent and you know their output, <laughs> they simply can't defend. They just can't defend, Jack. They just can't defend. So they're just getting hammered at the moment every game. They should never have let Tottenham back into this. And they did. Nope. And they need to. They are fast. garbage. They are garbage at defending. And <laughs> look, they're bad at they're bad at defending. They're bad at marking. You can't. How can you be bad at marking when you've know, been dude. Bielsa team for three years? Like what? What the actual fuck? It's like defending one on one. Okay. Mm. Don't know how to block. Don't know how to press. Don't know how to be organised. So Jesse Marsh doesn't know how to organise defenders. I think does know how to coordinate counter-attacks and do attacking football but oh yeah who knows is it enough I feel like four threes is a bad sign unless like unless you've got world-class attackers it's a pretty I mean this is like Brendan Rodgers Liverpool peak like 2014 oh yeah Suarez Sturridge and Sterling 
where we're just like, don't worry about Minionaire Lovren at the back. We're just going to bag as many goals as possible. <laughs> don't worry about Martin Skirtle. He'll be fine. Yeah, he, he's a cool head. He'll be fine. <laughs> so, yeah, there's I, a bit of that about this. I agree. I agree. It's like ping ball. He's, mm-hmm. It just goes up one end. And to be honest, this game was just a show on how not to defend. Because I, I didn't mention it before, but Eric Dyer for some of his defending in this game how he's got a call up based on this form is an absolute joke he is at fault for a game a goal every game at the moment he is as bad as Maguire was in his pump I'm calling the I'm idea the idea that we might have both of them playing in a <laughs> we're done mate we're done we're going out first good team we going out they're just going to run into each other and then around and just going to knock it into the net like it's a joke can you actually imagine have they both go for the same ball? There's no danger. They run into each other. <laughs> yeah, I can't imagine just keeps it. Keeps rolling. The I can't imagine it, man. I can totally I can imagine it. it. And I'm literally going to boycott the World Cup if we lose to Iran next Monday. So, yeah. I mean, Obviously, yeah, he it's was not awful. Out of question, man. It's not a question. But yeah, anyway, we can yeah. cover that in a future pod. Um, and speaking of the World great. Cup, we have some exciting content coming up. We are covering our first World Cup with a guest lineup that starts this week I believe so guys keep an eye out for that we're going to have two very special guests coming in with us we're very excited aren't we Jack very very excited it's going to be it's going to be really good first international tournament for the podcast mm-hmm. I mean you never know England might win it and then this is just going to get really really hyperbolic and really <laughs> crazy very quickly there's going to be beers just getting opened on the later editions it's going no, to be if we win we'll do a live we'll do a live stream pod we're going to go ham if we win. Honestly, we're going to be elated. Yeah, Probably yeah. won't be coherent we're by the end of it. We're going to get together and we're just going to see what happens. I'm just seeing three lines for an hour and a half on repeat. So guys, <laughs> plugs over. We'll see you there in Qatar. Cannot wait. Back to the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. We should probably talk about the most clutch player in the league at the moment, Mr. Ben Tanker. Oh my goodness, he's done it again. He's done it again. He's done and it again. This time he's done it twice as well. Uh, Normally he uh, comes up with a clutch winner. He's decided to come up with two clutch clutch goals this time. Mm-hmm. Honestly, most improved midfielder this season because his record at Juventus, he scored two goals in 150 games. That's Five mental, already for Tottenham. That's Five. Mental, and I'm pretty it sure they've all mental. come in the last like four weeks. So <laughs> I'm pretty sure too. <laughs> thing is he looks like a complete midfielder like he's built he's big he's got a great technique he's good on the ball he's got good feet honestly like you could walk into any team's midfield he's just the kind of complete midfielder that any team would die for but he's really come into his own recently Um, and him and Kjolberg are forming a really nice little partnership and Basuma is back up as well actually their midfield's not too bad Um, it's really solid it's just all round ballers there's not necessarily like it's not the most creative, but just as all-round players, very solid. Yeah, very solid. Very solid. And annoyingly, they got another last-minute winner. Great play by Kulisevsky on the right, and good awareness to play Ben Tanker in, really. It's the right decision, but we come to expect that from Kulisevsky making the right decisions. I'm a fan, mate. I'm a big fan. I think he's excellent. I think he's got a very unique style, and I really like it. Very languid, very fluid very mm. just very confusing he's too tall to be a winger he's too tall to be an inside forward yet he's so good he's almost he shouldn't be good. exactly he shouldn't be as effective as he is but they look such a better team when he's playing so I'm sure they're happy to have him back although we're going into a break now but 
Hey ho, at least he's back. I don't think he's going to the exactly. World Cup, is he? So he gets he gets to put his feet up as well. Yeah, I don't think so. Wait, I don't know. I yeah, don't know what his nationality is. He's Swedish. He might be going to the World Cup. He might be. Might Sweden aren't qualified, are they? I don't think so. It's Denmark. Denmark. I swear, Denmark are the only Scandinavian team going because Norway aren't going. Yeah. Maybe yeah. Sweden. Okay. Who Denmark knows? are going, and Denmark are good. More on them later. I'm rating them. Um, what did you think about Kane's Kane's opener? I think you know my position on these things. <laughs> Any foul in the box is a penalty, and oh, as we discussed it was a foul. It's irrelevant if it's in the wrong box. It's a penalty. <laughs> Give Leeds a penalty straight away. That's my take from it. You foul the opposition goalie, you can see the penalty. <laughs> it was such a blatant foul on Melier. I don't know how that wasn't given on VAR review or anything. Is it a Harry Kane bias again? Who knows? Maybe. But I mean, there was a player in between. It's really hard to kind of like describe the foul just by words. But two Tottenham players were basically jumping at him. And one was literally like shoulder barging him out of the way. There was no way he was going to be able to punch the ball. Um, I know. It's a foul. It's mate. a foul. It is it's a foul scandalous. actually because by the letter of the law that should be given as a foul and Leeds fans must be fuming must be fuming but again the defending is so poor like Harry Kane shouldn't have that much time to just turn and shoot anyway to be perfectly honest and they've just got to get that shit go, sorry got to get that together they've just got to tighten up at the back oops <laughs> <laughs> expletive whoops they've just got to get tighter there at the goes. back going to have to put that expletive tag back on the podcast oh, no. monetization's done for another pod <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sponsors. Sorry, sponsors. My bad. I'm trying to. Be, I'm trying to be better. But yeah, you know, if I was a Leeds fan, I'd be fuming. Put it that way. But I feel like every week there's always contentious decisions, and you just got to get on with it, haven't you? Yeah, I'd agree with that. I think maybe there is a Harry Kane bias that exists. However, there is no bigger bias in the Premier League than Arsenal and VAR. So let's talk about that. Wolves zero, <laughs> Arsenal two. There's a lot of things that I like about Arsenal, but I've decided to go a different way this time. Saliba, yeah, I know what challenge. you're talking about. Elf minute, it's a penalty. It's a red card. <laughs> and guess what? Arsenal bias strikes again in VAR. Didn't even review it. Did he get the ball? Did he fuck? It's yeah, a fact. No, gonna... It's a red card. It's, it's a, a red card. It's a pen. It was a pen. It was a pen. He just clicked. He was behind him. He was the wrong side of him. You know, these things, how are they not getting picked up? It's it's baffling, man. It's baffling. Um, obviously, I'm I'm super pleased, obviously. <laughs> but it was sloppy from Slebra. And if we're being honest in Slebra's performance, he was pretty ropey yesterday. I think Gabriel was cleaning up for a lot of his errors. Because on top of that contentious tackle in the in the box, he also passed it back straight to Huang, Huang Chan, Huang Hichan, um, while trying to get back to Ramsdale. And then Gabriel had to come and cover. So, wasn't his finest performance in the red and white of Arsenal? And yeah, had he got a red What's card not? in the eighth minute and a penalty? Very different game that we're talking about right now, mate. Very different game. But Arsenal continues their rise, <laughs> <laughs> mate. We've had a, we've had some come against us. You know how it goes. But yeah, oh, I, honestly, that one. Please remind me what were these uh, decisions that went against you. <laughs> Please. Sorry, did I say against? I mean, um, all the ones that went for us. Yeah, I can think of loads. I can think of loads that went for us, actually. It's just I a mean, conspiracy, mate. Premier League just desperate for someone else to win apart from City, and who can blame them? Who can blame them? 
may as well give it to everyone's favourite second team if it's going to be like that I can get on board with that if it's the stop city I can get on board with that well actually now that you've raised this I'm thinking back to the Liverpool game where we had so many contentious VAR decisions and I'm like maybe he's right maybe there is a bit bit of a motive Arsenal (laughs) are getting so lucky with VAR you don't win this many games like unless you're Man City there's lucky I mean Edu Don Edu's been paying someone and god long may that continue in the Leeds game contentious goals being ruled out as well for Leeds there's a lot of things mate recently true true the con- oh the Leeds game I never thought about the Leeds game dude <laughs> and that's just like what three of the last six games realistically I love this we've got the whole league rattled of how well we're playing they're rattled <laughs> <laughs> they are rattled I am I am so I'm so rattled I am like this is bullshit <laughs> oh, you sound like Gary Neville Gary sport. Neville's so rattled as well every time we win he's like I just think City are still going to win the league by 15 points. And you're just like, Gary, like, just say you're wrong. Just say you're wrong. You got it wrong, Gary. It's all good. Like, Arsenal oh, are going to bite your head off. He just can't bring himself to say it. He'd rather City win by 15 than Arsenal even have a sniff. It's a joke. But, yeah. You know it, what? It's the old enemy. He hates it. <laughs> it is funny watching him squirm. About our title aspirations, I really, you know, I still don't think we're going to win. I don't know, that's fucking boring, but... Any, talk to any Arsenal fan and they'll, they'll look at you with a bit of caution like well they'll give you reasons as to why we won't win the league as opposed to reasons why we could win the league I think that's the general kind of mentality of Arsenal fans at the moment it's just too good to be true there's so many caveats right only 14 games played we've got a World Cup in the middle and we've spoken about it before if Partey gets injured if Jesus gets injured we're, we're done we're done out here you know what I mean like we don't have the strength and depth currently to, to replace these first team players you never know mate things are really lining up I think at the moment and you are top at Christmas with that big asterisk that it's not really real that statistic but mate champions of Christmas when was the last time we said that <laughs> ages ago it's champions mate it's, it's a major league title along with all yes, those fourth mate. place trophies yes, mate. mate exactly it's exactly huge. it's huge mate <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think what else um, Gabriel Jesus is funny man I think he's cursed at this point offside goal <laughs> the crossbar lol this guy <laughs> he's here's my warm take he's not going to score a single goal at the World Cup and he's going to come back really sad and concerned oh uh, you know what I, yeah, I'm concerned about that because he's had a, he, he does go through droughts with the Brazil national team and as well as us and does, City. And it, it hurts him it really, really yeah. hurts him and he does you do wish I, oh, honestly I've been wishing for him just to get one goal to break this kind of little duck but nope nope as you say he's offside hits the crossbar he does everything right but he just can't score it's just it is frustrating it's frustrating but the thing is is like his work rate and his endeavour is enough contribution because Lacazette also couldn't score last season but he also didn't do anything he just did so <laughs> we're so used to our striker just not scoring goals <laughs> like Arsenal fans are just Such chill like, he's still better he's still better than what we've had for like three years oh, so it's fine 100%. it's fine I just you know what I mean who sometimes scored goals and did absolutely nothing else he got yeah. Lacazette who basically did nothing at all. So yeah. It's nice. <laughs> you know, it's, it's great. Free, <laughs> five goals, Honestly, mate. Five more than Lacazette. <laughs> I'm, I'm rooting for him. I'm rooting for him. But yeah, he's he's cursed. It's happening. Yeah. What else? Yeah. Let's talk about the big dog. Captain Ode to Odegaard. 
He's really good at football, and I really like that Arsenal rehabilitated him. They've got a coup here. I'm surprised there wasn't more interest for him because he was the most desirable teenager at one point. He was like, he was like the he was like Mbappe basically at 16. Everyone wanted him and would. He was the wonder kid. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like ever since ever since he was 15, everyone knew the name Martin Odegaard. And it's crazy that he's only 23. Like, think about that. Think how long he's been in your consciousness in terms of football. And he's only 23. You know, like, it's wild. I almost feel like when he joined Arsenal, it was a last chance for him. You know, he'd gone to Real Madrid, didn't make the grade there. No shame in that, Martin. No shame in that. Did various loan spells, you know, varying levels of success. Went to Sociedad, had a really good season, breakout season at Sociedad. Then he came to Arsenal on loan. And I think... The main thing for Martin is that he just looks at home. Like, I feel like this is the right level of club. He's happy there. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's had that in his career. He's had such a strange career, right? Straight to Madrid when you're 16. It will be kind of skewed. And yeah, we're just seeing, I think we're seeing a very settled Martin Odegaard now. An Odegaard that has the faith. An Odegaard that plays every week. You know, he's the captain for God's sakes. Um, and I think he needs that responsibility. He's a quiet leader. And he leads from the front. You know, he doesn't, he doesn't talk loads. And he's a pretty little... Nordic blonde guy but he inspires that team <laughs> and you know it's he does lead Amen. from the front I'm super Honestly, happy I think him, he's I, f- I think he's excellent and I think I think it's such a coup that you've actually got him because massively in another in another situation if he's just coming through and everyone's aware how good he is and he's already at Arsenal there's going to be a lot of rumours of like 100 mil bids from Real Madrid and stuff like oh at yeah the end, at the end of the season but because he's gone through it already and he's kind of broken by the system he's got a point to prove and he's probably just really happy and you can't see him leaving Arsenal anytime soon so nah just nah. honestly it's like the perfect transfer like the price was well below his value like he actually really wants to be there he's performing really well suits the team just brilliant transfer really yeah I was so happy when we made his loan move permanent because I don't know if it was on the cards initially he went back and it wasn't it wasn't 100% certain but I think he just really enjoyed his time there and yeah, it is a coup. It is a coup. You know, like if he, if you think, yeah, if you put him up for sale now, he's in that hundred mil bracket, isn't he? Really, he has to be. Hundred percent. Has to be. Yeah. Perfect profile. Like, age is good. He's really captain, so he's a leader. He's just a great player, and Arsenal's full of good players. It's funny how things turn around so quickly. You look at the whole Arsenal team now. Start eleven, you're like, whoa, that's a really good team. Really it's kind of come out of nowhere, well. though. You know, like yeah. last year, no one fancied our team. We've only had three or four signings, and something's like, oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> but it is yeah, like it's those key signings that we've had, along with Saliba returning, isn't it? It's like key, the key, the key, key players have come in at the right places. You've just massively improved the first team with three extremely good, I'd say, borderline world class players. Saliba definitely will be. Sinchenko and JP is probably one step down, but very, 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 mm. very good. You've just improved your team. Like most teams, I mean, City's team's better than last year. It's got Haaland, so probably, but it's, it doesn't feel like it at the moment. Liverpool's is worse. Yeah. Man United's is probably a bit better, but nowhere near. Chelsea's Chelsea's is just odd. Mm. So, well, Chelsea, Arsenal yeah. have just categorically improved their first 11. Maybe the most of anyone from where they were to where they are. So yeah, I think it's what this is is a testament to to patience from the board in Arteta, and I think a lot of clubs like Man United need to look and Chelsea need to look at the process we've gone through and understand that like these results won't come overnight. 
And if you really want, you know, like, like a process club or a project club or, you know, like a, a, a club of ideals in terms of how you want to play and what the kind of requirements are, the non-negotiables, then it takes time to implement. And mm-hmm. I almost feel like this season we have seen a lot more patience in terms of manager sackings. We have seen some sackings, don't get me wrong, but maybe Frankie Lampard would have been fired by now. Maybe, well, Rod- Rogers probably would have been fired by now. Um, and yeah, no, the only two examples I can think of. David Moyes, maybe. David Moyes, but again, they're going to back him as well. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's just really nice, mate. It's really nice. And I almost feel a bit embarrassed because everything just seems to be going so well. And what I say about Arsenal as well, we come off the back of this defeat against Brighton at the Emirates. We won. We lost to Man United at the Premier League in the season. We, next game, we won. Lost to PSV in the Europa League. Next game, we won. And it's that bounce back ability as well that I'm seeing. And on top of that, as well, we capitalised on, on, on City dropping points, which is something we're so bad at doing. Like, we choke when someone else chokes. It's just, like, a classic thing. So they're, like, the little improvements you see, and that almost makes you want to believe, but I just don't believe. I don't just believe, man. Just say it, man. No, it's it. not happening. It's not happening. <laughs> just say it. <laughs> we're going to be, like, hanging on for top four come end of, end of the season next year. Like, Tottenham are somehow going to sneak ahead of us, and I'm just going to cry my eyes out. So I'm just not going to say anything that makes me silly. Mate, if you finish fifth now, I think you should you should give up. If you oh, manage to finish fifth from this position, just start supporting <laughs> someone else. <laughs> I actually not will. I'm it. just I'm just going to support Brian. Screw it. It was always meant to be. Yeah. So, Arsenal, you've it's got true. me for one more season. So you better sort it out. <laughs> <laughs> um, a last word on Wolves, then, mate. I I really thought you were going to say it. I'm disappointed you didn't say we're going to win the league. <laughs> I'm really disappointed. <laughs> We'll try again. Can't towards bring the end myself of this to do it. Yeah, let me. Sometimes yeah, we'll get see. it rolled up. We'll, we'll see. We um, could win the league. There you go. Yeah, we could win the league, mate. That's not an interesting statement. You can't win the league. <laughs> I know. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. On to Wolves. The last word. Lopetegui. Can he turn it around, or are they going down? What do you think? It's going to be tough. Can be a really, I feel like it's a wall side devoid of confidence but again the World Cup break is advantageous to them in this regard in in their situation they get what six weeks to work on their methods without any games and clean slate like it's for the teams that are struggling this World Cup break's brilliant right so I think he's got that bonus also I want to say I loved his little uh, pre-match kind of appearance with his coaching staff looking like the mafioso it was mm-hmm. it was quite 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 revealing to be honest. He was sitting in the stands with his boys, just kind of like, "Oh God, we're so shit." And it was it was fun to watch. <laughs> I'm sure he wasn't going to be you know too impressed, but it's a big job for him. Like, it's a big job for him, and I just wonder. I just don't know if it's the right profile manager. I don't. You've gone for someone aspiring to like break into the top seven, which is where Wolves want to be, but you need Sean Dyche. <laughs> Mate, finally, finally, send it. Send the klaxon. <laughs> Send like the dice. The beacons <laughs> yeah. are lit. Get him in. Honestly. Mate, it's a Midlands I... club as well. Oh, he doesn't even have to move, mate. He'd probably work from home. <laughs> Bring him in. Yeah. I mean, what are your thoughts on the pedigree? Do you think he's going to succeed? I honestly don't know enough about him. I do have a slight feeling that there's an element of like, you know, the Emperor's New Clothes, like the fable mm. where like, he actually isn't that good because if you look at what he's done he got sacked from Spain because he took the Real Madrid job admittedly he was doing a good job at Spain but then he got sacked from Real Madrid then he got sacked from Sofia and left them in the relegation zone so 
is he actually a good manager? And is this the right club for him? I honestly don't know. Yeah, That's I just worry. don't. I don't know if it's just the right fit. I, pro- I think he's probably quite a good manager with the right team and the right resources, but it's just a big ask. They are they are bottom of the table and they scored eight goals in fourteen games. Like it's 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 bad, and they need improvements so up front. Bad. Especially so you think bad. half of those goals are just Ruben Neves screaming mm-hmm. or set pieces. So yeah, probably more than half. So it's a worry, but I like Wolves, historical team. Um, they've done very well since they come to the Prem. Admittedly, they have a very kind of particular way of running that club. Um, but they deserve to be at the bottom of the table because they have been truly horrid this half of the season. So hopefully Julian can improve on that. We'll give him the chance. Amen. All right, let's take a quick break and then we'll come back. More stuff. Welcome back to From the Backseat Football Podcast. We are jumping straight back into the action. And up next, we have Newcastle 1, Chelsea 0. Ha ha ha, ha 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 Chelsea are in turmoil. It's official. Crisis, crisis, crisis. Where do we begin? What's happened? Potable is just a myth, apparently, because it's, it's it's all gone down the pan so quickly. So, so quickly. <laughs> what is going on? Yeah, it's, it's interesting, <laughs> isn't it, how much the narrative has changed. I mean, this, this feels like a big changing the guard moment. Newcastle have officially taken Chelsea's spot now as a new big money club in town. Mm-hmm. Battle of the future England managers. There's a lot of like narratives around this game. And I'll be honest, there's a lot of Chelsea fans who are starting to grumble about Potter. Obviously, I'm not Potter out. I'm Potter in. But it, you have to admit, there's a new best English manager in the world now. And it's Eddie Howe. So, Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah let's Gordon. start with Eddie Howe's Newcastle. Because... You know Chelsea. We're going to come on to Chelsea, but yeah, let's give, let's give props to to Eddie Howe's Newcastle. They were fantastic. They are the best pressing team in the in the Premier League. Yeah, they they suffocate teams at St James's Park. They are so so good. I wanted to change what we talk about this time because we always end up talking about like Almiron and Gimresh, which is obvious because they're so good. I want to talk about Sven Botman because I <laughs> I just realised that we already did predictions in the first episode, and I said one potential sign of the summer, Sven Botman. And I haven't really noticed him, which is my barometer that he's very good at defending. On my Tyrone scale, true. I haven't noticed Ben Botman once, <laughs> which means he's very, very good. <laughs> oh, the Tyrone Ming scale has got to be a feature yeah. for centre backs. I love that. I'm gonna have to make a note of that. On a scale of where does he yeah. rank on the Tyrone Ming scale? <laughs> <laughs> One to Tyrone Mings, where is he? <laughs> Uh, it's true though and like, oh that's brilliant look, it is true not, it is true he's been the major the major purchase for that back line this summer and yep. they've now got the best defensive record and they rarely look troubled so I'm just putting two and two together I reckon he's doing a very very good job and as a left footed centre back it's crazy that bigger clubs didn't go for him because they are rare I mean look at Man United left footed mm. centre back would have loved mm. that Liverpool would have loved that long-term, you know, rotational option for Van Dyke. There's not many left-footed centre-backs who are genuinely touching, like, top level. So, Newcastle yeah. got a coup there. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I know Milan room for him, AC Milan, but the finances at Newcastle obviously seem too appealing. But you're absolutely right. I think the biggest compliment you can pay him is you just don't notice him. And I think a back two of Dan Byrne and Botman is actually pretty lethal. Yeah, covers I mean, a lot of boxes. It's a pretty solid back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. 
And Dan Burns, no. I think Dan Burns, actually, for 10 mil, is an absolute coup as well, really. I've got Premier that. League standard centre back. And 10 mil, Brighton didn't even want him. They've turned him into an absolute monster. I mean, he was already a monster. He was huge, <laughs> wasn't he? But they have really, almost on a budget, they've really done well with that back line. Like Trippier as well was a good purchase. And the of right course, kind of player. Nick Pope so, as well. Actually, they they literally bought a whole yes. new back line. Matt Target as well, left back. Yeah, Matt Target. So, yeah, yeah. it's done well, mate. They've done really well. And it's really impressive stuff. Honestly, Chelsea didn't look that dangerous at any point. You kind of felt like it was going to be a low-scoring game, but Newcastle probably... They just like couldn't get it. out, though. Mm. They just, yeah, they just couldn't get out. They were getting squeezed. They were trying to play out the back of Mendy, who's already pretty dodgy from doing that. And Yeah, the press from the front is so impressive. Them guys... Is this how Eddie Howe's always played football? Is this how Bournemouth were playing back in the day, but like a, yeah, like a light version? Yeah, man. That's how he, that's how he does it. Because he's working, man. I really like Eddie Howe. I was surprised he was out of the game for so long, but it's obviously he's waiting for the right project, and it's all it makes sense, out. doesn't it? Yeah, it's, it's all worked out. It's paid up big time. His stock's only going to go up, and I was really impressed with Willock and, and Jolinton in the middle. Actually, they were just rotating about, harrying away, making forward runs because they're both attack-minded players, mm-hmm. and they just yeah they just pressed pressed Chelsea to death. But I think Chelsea really need to again the World Cup breaks come really well for Chelsea. It's come at a good time because mm-hmm. they are. They are shocking at the moment. What has happened to them? I can't even figure out what they're trying to do anymore. It's well, obviously the loss of the fullbacks has hurt them. Yeah, you know, we have to acknowledge that. I was speaking to our Chelsea correspondent Joe yesterday, and he was saying what happened last season. Reese James got injured, Chilwell got injured, and then their form. Went yeah, to shit. same, same, it's same time again. as well. Same, sort of same period of the year. Again. So it turns out Chelsea are terrible yeah. without these wing backs. And you know what? It makes sense because I mean they started with Loftus Cheek. And is it Lewis Hall as they're starting wing backs, which is pretty sure yeah. they wing backs. And then Loftus Cheek went off injured, so they had Aspilicueta and Lewis Hall's oh it's just it's weird, mate. And it was basically a back five. It wasn't a free five two or whatever. They just had a back five with two really different players from what you would want from sort of full backs. I mean Aspilicueta's not mm. gonna do much, is he? It's not really Chelsea's fault, but yeah, for all the money they spend, it's weird to see them having to resort to this so quickly. Yeah, agreed there. Agreed there. I think it's a weird one. I guess injuries have taken its toll, and Potter really needs to stop tinkering and figure out what his best formation is now. Mm-hmm. Um, it's funny you mentioned on the Chelsea fans getting a bit disgruntled with him. Honestly, it's that's the consequence of the Abramovich, the Abramovich era, where they've just fired every time they go in a bad run. Yep. You know, like Chelsea fans are going to have to stick with this now, and they need to get behind Potter. Do you think he can turn it around? I think he can, given the time and resources. I think he can do it. Yeah, I think but so too. But is there the argument that you should, you know, probably expect more if you spent two hundred and fifty mil in the summer? Yeah, but the consequence of that is that he didn't spend it. Chelsea spent it. Tuchel spent it. And then he just came in. So they basically they just they they just got themselves in a bit of a pickle, really. Where realistically they might have to go just buy more players to kind of fit what he wants, or be more astute and buy you know different players. But yeah, it's a weird one. I think we can say that he's probably tinkered a bit too much now, and he needs to settle. I mean, specifics. No Bamiang dropped for Armando Broya, and there you go called it what four weeks ago 
<laughs> Bamiang, no goals since that moment in the Prem. He's done out here. He's done out He's here. got, what, two goals, three goals this season? anymore. So I'm going to move my uh, my forecast forwards because why would, I, why would I settle with a win when I could double down? Bamiang to score less than eight <laughs> goals this season in all comps and to be farmed out in the summer. That's what I'm going with. The way it's going, he could be farmed out in January, to be honest with you. He looks so unhappy at Chelsea as well. I feel bad for him in a way, but... You know, he's picking up that packet. He's towards the kind of twilight of his career. Can't really begrudge him. He's not a threat anymore to us, is he? But it is sad to see the decline. No. Broya up front doesn't look like the same player for Southampton. Probably to be expected, but not sure he's the man to lead the line for them. He needs not a, sure he needs what a kind run. Of he needs a run, doesn't he, though? You can't just judge him on just being chucked here with the personal change. They need to just stick with something and just see how it goes. Tinker man, mate. He's tinkering too much. He is tinkering too much, isn't he? He does look a bit lost for it as well. Mm. I've never seen Graham Potter look so stressed. I don't know if he's starting to think maybe I had it too good at Brighton. You know, there was no pressure really. The there was obviously pressure, but pressure's building, mate. Not like this. No wins in five of the league now. Chelsea in eighth. Eighth. Like when did that happen? I did. I didn't even no, realize. Just off, mate. So, mate, to be behind Liverpool, who are going through an absolute crisis, that's a bad look. Yeah, no, exactly two points from the last five games. Two points out of a possible 15. They are stagnating and everyone's catching up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> everyone's getting out of the way. I think it's just going to have to be a, a transitional season and accept maybe no Europe for Chelsea, which may do them some good, to be honest with you, yeah. going into next year. But it's a real kind of kick to the status and I hope Chelsea fans are in for a shock. And on that bombshell, let's move on, mate, to the newest informed top six team. Full free Southampton Ooh-wee. one. We're back, baby. We're back in the game. <laughs> um, we're not. We're struggling. Goodness but me. Anyway, look, I was thinking about this game and I was like, based on the way Leeds has gone. Um, and the rhetoric was there. We talked about having a bad time to play certain teams. And I would have taken playing Southampton any time until right now because they just got a new manager. New manager bounce is a real thing. Liverpool very unpredictable. So I was like, here we go again. Of course we play Southampton right as they suddenly become good. You know, peak right in this moment. So that didn't go well. And when they equalised after nine minutes, after we went ahead in six minutes, I was like, okay, here we go. Here we go again. But one man, mate. One man changed everything. Yeah, boy. (laughs) The renegades. boy. We know who it is. The big man that is Darwin Nunes as a wide left forward he looks fire two goals in this game five goals in ten prem matches seven goals in all comps in his last ten games you know he's mm. made a really good start to his, his his actual Premier League season when you think like it was a bumpy time. start first time though playing it was a bumpy bumpy start yeah and a it takes a bit every... of time to adapt yeah but like you notice him one way or another and now we're noticing him for all the oh, right yeah. reasons <laughs> no he was he was great he was great on the left yesterday as you say two goals and he was pinging some balls in for Mo as well that link up continues he's looking happy I like the whole Darwin Darwin kind of gladiator charm that Liverpool fans get from every time he scores that's good fun as well mate he's um, a character he is yeah, he's box office he's that's what he is it's like in a very he's more fun to watch than Harland. Yeah, in a sanitised prem but where easy. all players are quite similar, just having someone this wild card like him, mate, he's going to be a bloody superstar. 
I actually think he is. I, I'm t- super impressed by him at the moment. Um, and will the hot streak continue? If you look at his stats now, he's scored quite a few goals. Yeah, mate. His goal to game ratio is is very strong, man. It's it's over. It's over one goal a game now. Yeah, amen, amen. And I'm just trying to think of that second goal. Yeah, the one with Harvey Elliott where he pinged it in. That was lovely. Yeah, that was lovely. Harvey Elliott, mate, really growing into that role. I have no reservations about him just playing week in, week out now. And it's nice to see. Um, he's just a really good player. World Cup was too soon for him, but the next one, he'll be in that squad. I guarantee it. Um, Amen. Amen. On the other side of the spectrum, James Milner. 600th Premier League appearance. Fourth player ever to reach that milestone. What do you think about that, Hugh? A few words wow. on, the, on the big man. Love Jimmy Milnes, the Yorkshire boss. He is phenomenal. Um, the workhorse. I mean, fourth guy ever to get 600 Premier League apps in 32 years, 30-odd years. That is pretty incredible, that, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And a testament, again, to the career that he's had at the top level. Um, could he even extend beyond this season? Who knows? The way it's going, he's still playing a lot. Could yeah. see it happening. I could definitely see him just carrying on in this sort of... Coming on, just secure games out and roll them out sort of capacity. But I could also see him just joining a uh, like a promoted team and just being that that experience that they need to get them to survival. Like maybe if Norwich come up again for like the eighth time in a row, maybe he's what Norwich needs, you know, to just get them over the line. But yeah, you love to see it. Um, yeah, yeah. A word on Southampton, they still look really short up front. Their strikers are not very good at scoring goals. And I feel like I don't know enough about Nathan Jones to make a decision, but... It's a big step up for him and he's not coming into a team that's in a great place right now. So it's going to be hard. You almost feel like it's uh, it was an appointment based on going down this year and preparing mm-hmm. for the championship next year, if you're being brutally honest. Doesn't have a lot to work with. Their goal, actually I want to talk about their goal because they managed to score a free kick where you played the high line. I very rarely see that, man. I very rarely see that. I know. Um, and it, Usually the high line just catches you out or it goes to the keeper. It's a good point, actually. So, it's comprehensive as well. Like There was no doubt. They just think But it, everyone does the high line now because it works so well. You know, like, so I was just super impressed. Like, James Ward-Prowse obviously has an amazing delivery, so maybe it's that. But I think, yeah, I was like, wow. I think we should just give him the credit because the alternative is that we're just, even our own high line, we're just a mess now. So let's just say JWP. <laughs> nah, it was the delivery. <laughs> it was the delivery from JWP. But yeah, beyond that, there was a fight back in the second half. But just, you know, once Alisson saved that, there was nothing from them. And again, yeah, I haven't. You're right. I haven't seen enough of Nathan Jones to truly know what impact he's going to have. And I think Anfield away is a hard game for your first game. Probably weren't thinking of getting a result, but they look light up front. Yeah, they really do. Um, shout out for Allison. He is honestly one of the best goalies in the world. He's so good, and he bails us out every game at the moment. And I think without him, we would have had a lot more losses. Thank you, Alison, for being you. Thanks for being so good at goalkeeping. (laughs) And hopefully the second half of this season, you don't have to do so much stuff. If he doesn't get player of the season for Liverpool, then honestly, it's a scam. You guys are in denial because that guy saved you so many points already. That big hand to stop 
I think it was Armstrong coming in from the left. Like, he's just such an Allison save. It's just like, it would take the confidence out of me. It's not even like it was close. It's just yeah. like, no, it's just not going through. Like, I didn't think he was going to score from that angle because it's Allison, not because it wasn't possible to score from that angle. It's just, you just know that Allison's going to block that. He has, I have he to has say, that I miss thing, his beard and his long hair, though. I miss his beard too. I don't know what that's about. Don't What's get happened it. there? Why has he done that? Probably for the was World Cup. Was it for Qatar, do you reckon? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe get a bit hot, you know, having a beard. <laughs> it's actually not the worst thing I've ever heard. It could be. No. Yeah, I miss it. I barely recognise him. It could be. No, he looks so much younger. I was like, who's that man in gold? <laughs> who's but, that uh, little boy? Massive win. <laughs> who's that guy? <laughs> God, actually, Anne's looking different. <laughs> but yeah, we move, mate. Oh, and so I, I'm happy, mate. You know, we're within touching Liverpool. distance of top four. and Up to sixth. Players right. will come back. Mate, we've only got seven players yeah. going to the World Cup. Arsenal have 12, That's City good. have 17, Chelsea have 12 or something. That's good. Thiago's not even in the Spain squad. Wild. So Mental that, isn't it? Mental. Yeah. No, I think from where Liverpool started the season, and there's been a lot of talk of Liverpool, the drop-off was pretty startling at first, but I think they've pulled it together. I think you've, you haven't smashed it, but... Where we were from that point where, where was it? You lost to Nottingham Forest. You picked up some big, good results. Mm-hmm. You kept yourself in the top four race. That is the absolute you know minimum that you can expect. Yeah. And what? If you win your game in hand against Tottenham, who are in fourth, you only go four points behind with 24 games to play. Like, this is not crisis material, really. Not at all. Not at all. It's, it's all, all to play for. All to play for now. And some spicy cup games as well to look forward to. City in the Carabao. Real Madrid in Champions League. Mate. Dreamy. Anyway, we'd love to see it. On to not football conversations. Fulham one, Manchester United two. <laughs> do you want to talk about the football first, or do you want to talk about the drama? <laughs> let's let's just get the match out of the way and talk about the real main event of this yeah. whole episode. So, uh, Fulham one, United two. Oh, I watched this live and I was in dreamland for ninety-two minutes. I promise you, I was so happy. United started really strong, they played really well, they got the opening goal, and then they ran out of steam, sat back and suddenly Fulham for the last half hour had all the ball, more Mm. confidence, runs in behind, managed to get an equaliser through Dan James, who else, who else, and it was looking like Fulham could go on to win it, you know, it looked like Fulham were going to go on to win it at that point, you quite rightly picked up Paulinho here, he was fantastic, he was so good in this game. He he could move to a big club. I think he's got the potential. Hundred percent. I mean, most tackles and tackles won across all of the top five European leagues. So of of anyone, Mate, he got twelve tackles in this game alone. He is the, the new most in any Kante, game in the Premier League. He? He's the new Ngolo Kante. He's just that he absolute destroyer. He Would you say he's the best pure defensive midfielder in the league right now? I know you want to say Thomas Partey, so I'll accept that. But yeah. pure defensive stats, he probably is. Oh yeah, pure defense. I don't think party's defensive stats are even that great, to be honest with you. So yeah, a hundred percent Paulinho, and the stats don't lie. Like I watched him, it was crazy. He just snapping into tackles, made Casemiro look like a little boy for most of the game. So it was yeah, a really impressive performance. And Fulham are a great team. I love Fulham. I don't like the Crane Cottage. I have to say, I've said this before. <laughs> I was wondering if you were going to go there or not. <laughs> Can't backtrack not now, the biggest mate. fan of Craven Cottage. <laughs> Where are you? <laughs> <laughs> um, but I just like their squads. And again, you've got some great notes here, mate. 
William and team, Tim Ream. Should we talk about those two veterans? Mm, Didn't think yeah. we'd see them in the Prem, playing okay. at this level. Honestly, they're both done. I mean, I'm pretty sure all the talk was how bad Tim Ream was last time he was in the Prem. And William, disaster, he's done. So to see them both back, they're like, what, 33 to 35, both of them, in the mm. autumn of their careers, winding down. And oh my God, they're both playing unreal. Tim Ream's played the best football he's ever played in his life, by far. Easy. Like some of the confidence, like he's like Cruyff turning in his own box and just carrying the ball out. He looks transformed. Willian is playing like Willian for Chelsea, and it just shows that sometimes you can actually pick up really good players in their thirties, and they might be a big part of why Fulham stay up this season. So pretty cool. Doesn't always have to be youngsters. Hundred percent. No. And, you know, William loves West London. We know this. We know this. But look, we're doing it again. Let's talk about the actual bloody winners. And much we hate to. Good result for United, really. You know, Very maybe good. not so much the performance, but to chug out these wins, it's it's definitely uh, going the right way for them. Uh, goal and assist for Ericsson. We should probably talk about him. He's kind of going under the radar a little bit, but he's looking very comfortable with Casemiro in the midfield with him. Yeah, And he's probably... Nice balance you know, there. probably up there. Yeah. Yeah, nice balance. That's what I mean. It's a good midfield partnership, them two. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Proper silk and steel combo in the middle, and it's good. But oh, yeah. they can both do a bit, a, bit of, a bit of both. So, yeah, I like it. Exactly. I think... What do, you, what do you think about Rashford and Martial? I feel like they're starting to be lumped in together in my head. They're both a bit rubbish at scoring goals, and I want Rashford <laughs> to do well. I don't really care about Martial, if I'm totally honest. I feel like he's been mm. smug for too long and he's been average for too long <laughs> and his attitude stinks. That's what I think. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know the guy, I think, but that's what I get from him. Just haven't seen enough from Martial since his breakout season, maybe like a million years ago, to be yeah. honest. It feels like yonks ago when he first broke through and got that winner. Rashford, on the other hand, he's still a bit streaky. But at least he's showing signs of returning to his previous level that we know he can reach. Um, and it can only be an asset for United. So, I think he's lucky yeah. to be in England squad, I'd say Rashford, on current form. I don't think... Who would you have replaced him with, though? Eze. Ah, yeah, but when they got announced, like Rashford's been on a little purple patch, hasn't he? Yeah, no, so I know. Probably it's, got into Gates thinking. It's about it's about getting the experienced the experienced boys in who know it as well. I, I do understand the merits of that, but boring. Get Eze in, so come on. It is a bit boring. No, I agree. I agree. But let's mention the newest talent off the Man United conveyor belt. Yes, his name is Alejandro Ganacho, and Jack. This is a bit of a throwback, but do you remember that football manager save where I was Mansfield and you were who were you? I don't even remember. Oh, I hated that save. I hated that save so much because it glitched <laughs> out, didn't it? Just no, the you were Tranmere Rovers. Oh Tranmere yeah, I was Tranmere Rovers. Rovers. I hated Tranmere Rovers. And you may or may not remember, I had a certain Alejandro Ganacho. Did you really? On the, on the oh, wings. mate, no wonder you yes. fucking blitzed yes. that league. <laughs> yes, and that all makes sense now. He was he was good then from my Mansfield team. He's good now, so. <laughs> Um, what a good finish, man! He came on and made it, he looked so dangerous. You know when some players just come on and you're just like, yeah, he's he's, he's got it. Yeah, you know, like he's just got it. This kid, hundred percent, he's, he's, he's be, got it. He's going to be a top talent. He's got that yeah. dangerous combination of being really good at football and also back himself fully. 
Yeah, he's got that arrogance already at 18. There are rumours that he's a little bit players. he's a little bit overconfident. He's a little bit too arrogant. But, you know, some say the same about Ronaldo back in the day. So, yeah. It's something that if Channel Critley can be really helpful. I do wonder if he's going to be more, you know, like Rashford or Yadazai, though. Because they both kind of blew out at the same yeah. point and you wonder... Will this guy's attitude stink like Ravel Morrison and he ends up just going nowhere? Or will he actually harness it and mm. get to the top? Both, are, I think both are credible options at the moment. Yeah, although I think Ten Hag, if you really saw a problem, then maybe you probably wouldn't put him in the team. But then also Ten Hag backs Anthony, he's got similar issues. So maybe Ten Hag just has a hand on these kind of players. Mm. And you know, being arrogant is not a bad thing. Like in this, No, it's about being channelled in the right you way. Have to That's have a all. level. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, you know, I just thought the finish was so nice. Like, he had no right just to kind of... He had no right. So much, I love that. no right to do that, man. It was honestly so, so good. Like, he, he just burned him. The one-two, the finish, it was... It was a bit like when Mbappe plays football and you're just like, I guess I can't do anything about that. It's just happened to me. I'm a victim. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, like, I should have been really mad that United got a last-minute winner, but I was just like, fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. That was a good goal. You know, it's worthy of a winner. And now, look, I'm going to segue into the main event. It's going to be a really good one. You like this? So you might have noticed Ganacho lifted his shirt up like Messi. Mm. Yeah, you know, it's the famous Messi celebration. Infamous. There are rumours that Ronaldo unfollowed him on Instagram <laughs> due to that celebration. <laughs> I don't want. I don't even want to look into that. That's a fact. That's a hundred percent. Oh, that's so good. But speaking of Ronnie, Ronnie CR seven. Obviously, he's had a chat with Piers Morgan, which is airing tomorrow. Cannot said wait. some fruity things. <laughs> he said mm. some really fruity things. Um, and 100% has burnt his bridges with United. I don't think we should always be seeing Ronaldo ever again in the United shirt, which is a sad, sad end to his legacy there. But what are your thoughts, Jack? I think, I mean, I've got many thoughts. A, I think this is the most damaging interview since Raheem Sterling's at Liverpool. Because that, that came yeah. out of nowhere and then he had to go. Lukaku did the same thing to Chelsea and then he had to go. But this Ronaldo one I feel like is the worst because there's no subtlety from the snippets that we've seen. He's literally said, I don't respect Ten Hag. The club is a piece of shit. The infrastructure hasn't changed. All this negativity. And then to like go on a talk show, talk TV, I'm just going to be honest, it's rubbish. It's a piece of crap channel. No one watches it in the UK. No one cares. It had like 10,000 viewers on its debut. And then since then, it's dropped to like 1,000. No one cares. Piers Morgan is a big dickhead. So you put all those together <laughs> and you have Ronaldo being a little baby <laughs> talking to Piers Morgan. No. He's and you just think, this is bad optics, Ronaldo. Like, who's advising you? Yeah, the optics are bad. Who, who was like, I wonder yeah, if like this is a good idea. Don't do it with the BBC. Don't do it with Sky. Go speak to Piers Morgan on Talk TV. That'll be really good. Really Piers Morgan's his mate, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? It's, oh, it's I mean. all like rubbing shoulders. It's his mate. And, you know, I feel like Ronaldo's got to that point where he's been Ronaldo for so long that, like, no one would dare question him. No one would be like, maybe that's not a good idea, Cristiano. Nope. If what Cristiano wants, Cristiano gets. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, it is, it is pretty poor form. It is pretty poor form for Cristiano, and I just don't know what he's playing at at this point. His his performances haven't haven't merited him being in the team anyway. He's had more chances in the team than he's warranted, so it's just a bit come out of nowhere. 
be interested to see what United fans think about the whole situation I can't see how they could back him because the team's actually in a good place at the moment they've just they've just won a game they've just signed off from a sort of promising period where it started badly but I feel like Ten Hag actually has a handle on it and they're actually moving in the right direction so for him to just come out and just cause all this drama and conflict right before he fucks the timing's off awful. to go to Portugal yeah. and just, just leave that dumpster fire in Manchester like <laughs> It's all calculated, and honestly, they need to get rid. And you know that he just wants to be paid off, yeah. so he can get a move in January. Yeah. So I say, yeah. I mean, they send should. him to the under twenty threes. Just let let him train with the under twenty threes. That is Unless the ultimate just, punishment. I mean, can you suspend someone? Like, can you suspend someone for this kind of stuff? Like, can you suspend their pay? I don't know how it works. You'd assume so. Like, you're literally talking down the organisation you work for. Yeah. In public, very public. He'll get quiet. fined, for sure. Uh, I've seen rumours he's going to get fined a mil, which it turns out is only two weeks' wages, so good luck with that. Oh, my goodness. It's just a car crash from start to finish. The moment he signed on the dotted line, it was a car crash. So, yeah. CR7 out on from the back seat. I think that's fair to say. But let's move on. Yep. Otherwise, we're going to get riled up. Uh, yeah. Bournemouth 3. Hmm. Everton nil. What a game. Bournemouth have smashed Everton twice in a week. <laughs> yeah. 7-1 so across five days. 7-1. Oh, mate. Everton are in the mud. <laughs> in the mud. In the mud. And I, um, Frank Lampard, yeah. he's a bad football manager again. He's come full circle. He, 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 is, he put his back. head down and he worked hard and he turned it around and then it went back to his head oh my God. and he's bad again. Oh, I just... I, I so want him to succeed because I think he's a nice guy, but... Same. God, what a timid performance that was from, from Everton. Like, did you see the Everton fan throw the shirt back at away bit? Yeah, amazing. Match? Amazing. I mean... Classic. Seven, I get that. Imagine travelling up now. twice. Yeah. Twice, yeah. To live... Oh my God. Twice from Everton to live to Bournemouth just to see yourself get smashed twice by Bournemouth. <laughs> it's like, oh my God, I don't want your fucking shirt, dude. <laughs> oh, it's honestly amazing. And when you think about it, like, these are like different lineups, different competitions. So I think this puts to bed the idea that not taking the Carabao Cup seriously doesn't guarantee you're going to be able to pick up points in the Prem. Bournemouth took it seriously and then they proceeded to smash Everton again, having played quite similar teams, Bournemouth. So they should have been more tired. Just smashed them twice. So there should you go. Yeah. Don't throw away the cup competitions because it doesn't add any value. No. No, Gary O'Neill just making an absolute mockery again of this whole Marcelo Bielsa situation that's been rumoured. Let's actually talk about some football though because <laughs> some good goals, man. <laughs> some really good goals. Um, what was your, which one did I want to talk about? What was your favourite? Oh, I, I know what my favourite was. Shall I go first? Yeah, you go first. I'm trying to remember it now. My favourite goal was, good ones, was the second goal by Kiefer Moore because... Oh, what, where he smashed his head on the way in? Just firstly, if you're in a head-to-head with Kiefer Moore, you're going to have a bad time straight up. You're going to And on top of all the chaos, like, they had a player down. So Everton had a player down in the box. Bournemouth carried on playing, which is their right. And then the- <laughs> Kiefer Moore just comes steaming in heads it over the line almost falls on the injured player and you just think yes this is non-league <laughs> at its finest what is happening right now so I enjoyed that <laughs> yeah me too me too I think that was my favourite one to be fair he was just lying down dazed afterwards but we've always known Kiefer Moore put your head to it Sam Mate. and you'll be fine lads you'll be fine he's going to be a weapon but they, they were really good Philip Billing 
is again impressing me. I know we keep speaking about him every time Bournemouth play, but he is a certain if Bournemouth go down to to move on somewhere else. Hundred percent. I don't know how good he can player. be, but it feels like his level is a lot higher. And with better coaching, you never know. So yeah, he's no, agreed. really good. Agreed. Um, what else? I mean, okay, let's just Bournemouth. Like they've lost four in a row. How good were they? Like they attacked Everton relentlessly. Oh, Their pressing is actually terrific. crazy. Tactically, they seem so good. And I think to to close out this first period of season in 14th is so impressive. And listen, even if O'Neill doesn't get the job because they they get Bielsa, I think that's honestly fair enough. I don't think you should make decisions based on emotion with this kind of thing. Bielsa is inherently a better manager and has proven that he can play really good football and keep a team up. So fine. But whatever option they choose... I think they might have enough to stay up because O'Neill was more than enough either way. I agree. I agree. At the very least, when he came in, the best he could have done is bring some pride back to Bournemouth Football Club, and he's done that. You know, like Bournemouth fans believe again. You know, they're united against their team. You know, it's made a, a complete mockery of what Scott Parker was able to do with this Bournemouth. Think about where he took over this Bournemouth team. They were yeah. like minus fifteen goal difference, three points on the board after being Vidder, admittedly, but you know they weren't playing this kind of football. And he did, it's not like he had a pre-season, Gary O'Neill. I know he worked with Scott Parker, but it's not like he's had a time to implement his life. He's come in mid-season into a team in crisis. The team clearly haven't had you know any money coming in with that transfer transfer window in the summer. And yeah, he's worked miracles. He's worked miracles. I feel like if he was at Everton, Everton would be nowhere near 17th. And what does that say about Lampard? That's a really good point, actually. That's a really, really good point. So yeah, on Everton, what do you think about Everton? Do you think they're going to stay up? Do you think they're going to be okay? What, what do you think? Well, once again, Jack, I have to say that the fact that half of their back line is coming with us to bloody Qatar is a joke. <laughs> How Connor Cody's on this plane? It's a joke. It's a joke. Hey, <laughs> what like, is going on? We're just I, taking our worst centre-backs, dude. I like Connor Cody. He's the only reason Did you Everton like him as a guy 20th. or a player? I like him. True. I definitely have fallen into the I like him for his leadership camp. I that. <laughs> it's just basically saying I like him because he's a good lad. That's all that is, man. Yeah. Um, Honestly, I worry for Everton. I really do. But then it's so topsy turvy. Like every week, I'm worrying for a new team. It's oh, I don't know, man. I just don't. Again, we've always there's always been question marks about whether Lampard is the man for relegation firefighting, and hasn't hasn't really shown it this side Mate, of the season. But I think Everton are going to stick faith. It's an easy way out. He's been linked before. Shaw Dyche is still there, mate. He's still <laughs> oh there. God. He's always there. There's always an option to hit that button at any point for all of these teams. I'm just saying. Um, I mean, Daishi could do a job there for sure. 100%. But on, a, on a wider it's note. Connor Cody and James Tarkovsky. It's there. It's true. There, Tarkovsky. Mate. Yeah, all the it's true. There. Um, quick question. Yeah. But final, Everton have just regressed. Oh, yeah. Final hot take for you. Do you think. Mm that Everton should have taken the money for Anthony Gordon based on how this season's unfolded because he's been pretty pretty anonymous pretty average isn't he mm. I wonder if there really ever was a 60 mil bid on the table from Chelsea if there I was I mean hindsight's a wonderful thing I still think there's a benefit of just keeping your homegrown talents but he definitely hasn't shown a 60 mil worth of player yet no and 
dare I say it, they really could have done the 60 mil on the budget. 100%. So, yeah, 100%. maybe they should have got rid. It's funny, maybe isn't they it? they should have got rid, yeah. Because we were like, funny. get rid. Forgot about Anthony Gordon. He's he's dropped off massively this season. Says I it all, barely mate. hear about him each game now. He's not even in their sort of top top five best performers this season, I'd say. I think the midfield has, you know, been outstanding. Pickford's been good. Cody's been good. Tarkovsky's been good. So, yeah, he's, he's just there. He's just a, a cog at the moment. Mm, worrying times for the blue side of Merseyside. They're in real danger of going down this year. Yeah. So, and... That would be a real shock. They've never been relegated, I believe. So that would be a real shock to the system, should they Should they finally go down. It's a weird period in the world, mate. A lot of things that shouldn't be happening are happening. So you could see it. Um, right. You can see it. Let's take a break and then wrap up the last few games. Yeah, you know what? My cat's coming about to invade my computer desk. So let's take a break. This is perfect. We'll see you in part three. from the pod uh just a little disclaimer going into this last part i appear to have messed up my side of the audio terribly so i do apologize for sounding underwater for this last half hour anyone who makes it through this next session gets a gold star welcome back to from the back seat for part three the final part this is where the games get a little bit boring and we struggle to talk about things but we'll do our best so first up we've got west ham nil leicester two AKA the James Madison show. It's all about James Madison. Obviously, he opened the scoring. What a week. What a player. Got an injury. Everyone, everyone chat themselves, but it seems like he's fine. And so, going into this England tournament, I'm, I'm saying James Madison is what Jack Grealish was last tournament. He shouldn't Ooh. have this much pressure on him, but he's our lovable rogue. And every time he comes on, we're all going to get way too excited. He's that guy now. That's a really good shout. That he is the maverick. He is the one that everyone's going to look to when we're two one down, and everyone's you know looking for a change. Madison's going to be that guy. That's so true. Yeah. I mean, I was I firmly was in the camp of I shot myself when I saw him get injured. Oh god, oh no. Exactly. The hype is there, and and it was that that little that little worry which is going to ratchet everything up a little bit. I think. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was it was a scary moment. I mean, it must have been a bit more of a niggle for him to get taken off, but maybe he was just saving himself after you know the game was secure. That would make sense too. No um, need to risk it. Yeah, no, no need to risk it. I wonder if that was actually on the minds of a lot of it. Obviously, it must have been on the minds of a lot of players during this last game, last round fixtures. Don't well, I think so. I'd say it was on Saliba's mind. He tried to get sent off so he could have a little rest. <laughs> <laughs> It's well, all corrupt. Much. It's all corrupt. <laughs> We're going back. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, all right. Let's let's talk yeah. about Leicester a bit. Here's something crazy. Here's a crazy stat. Leicester are thirteenth. That in itself is a crazy stat because they were awful for honestly months. They're only four points behind Chelsea. Well, well, well. Look at what? that turnaround. What? How that is, is that like... possible? That's startling. I'm sh- really? Only four points behind? Yeah, yeah man. That's been an amazing run of forms. So I think the last five games, Leicester won four and narrowly lost to 
to uh, Man City. City? Yeah. They only conceded a couple of goals. Oh, mate, they've got no. neutral goal difference. Oh, my goodness. Huge credit, mate, to Brendan, the board, Fies, even Danny Ward. He looks much better. He's acclimatised, mm. and obviously Madison, the main man. Tielemann, they've mm-hmm. all just pulled through. They've made it work with what they had. And I was not expecting it, but Brendan's actually bloody done it. He's bloody turned it around. And that is credit super to impressive. Him. Yeah, we were literally writing his obituary. He, um, maybe even like three weeks ago, as recent as that. And yeah, he's done wonders. I wonder what the difference has been. I don't know. Maybe it's a realisation that this is it. I think playing... Uh, Fies has uh, turned things around a lot. He just seems like a really good defender. He's definitely the next one um, from Leicester to move for silly money in the future. <laughs> yeah, mate. Just decent. Nah, um, happy to see it. They always had too good a squad though to go down, didn't they? So. They did, they did. And here's, here's another interesting statistic. West Ham are now three points behind Leicester, which is obviously Leicester who were in the relegation zone until like a couple of weeks ago. So... Pressure? Pressure building for David Moyes? I feel like it is. That's the temperature I get. I think West Ham fans are getting a little angsty. Because West Ham are sliding yeah, down slowly. Sorry. Yeah, I've been putting them in the Everton camp in terms of on a, on a wretched run of form. Mm. Um, I feel like they've got a back more from the previous two years. And like we said earlier, it's, it's kind of a season of good faith, right? There's no point sacking them now. Give them at least maybe 10 more games to try and turn it around. He's got yeah. that credit in the bank. But I mean, I would expect more if I was West Ham fan. It is quite alarm in this. I'd say Especially the irony... Spent in the winter. Exactly. The irony of all of this is that maybe the players he's bought, like Paqueta, maybe he actually mm. he's not the right guy to bring the best out of them. He's bought players that don't really suit the David Moyes brand and now he's struggling to get the best out of them. And maybe he's That's dug his own grave way. in a way. That is very valid. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's not the most expansive coach, is he? All no, kind of compact. Know. You wouldn't so, put David Moyes in the better. Those two are never well, going to be in the same room. That's a Venn diagram that doesn't make sense. No, it's like no. Paqueta, David Moyes, and West Ham is the only thing that links these two people. <laughs> <laughs> it's nothing else. <laughs> quite literally. Quite literally. Yeah, I don't know why we didn't question that at the time. Like you say they're teenagers together, and you're like, no, no. Not shots. Not Can you imagine chance. like those yeah. two like create a bond? Not a chance. Got a grumpy Scotsman and then a Brazilian international. Nah. No. I know. I mean he's actually hasn't been great, has he? Paqueta. Hasn't done much Not of really. Because I was like I was shocked that he moved to West Ham. I was advocating him to join Liverpool. So mm. feel like he's a good player. Feel like he's not quite hit the hit the level that we expected yet. Maybe he's going to take a bit of time to acclimatise, but yeah, you would expect West Ham to pick it up at some point, though. You just feel like that again. It's like Leicester at some point; they're just going to hit the rhythm and hit a bit of form. So, mate, the relegation battle is the most is, is the most so exciting part of the game. So interesting. You honestly can't mm. predict like what's going to happen. Every month the picture changes. West Ham are in trouble now. Leicester are fine. Here's my I've written in my notes. Here's my hot take. Come January. Wolves and Everton are going to be flying because they are both in the mud. So by by February, they both <laughs> won back-to-back games and be solid again. Southampton, yeah. same. You know, like you don't know. Brighton will be down no. there. Who knows, mate? 
I'm not even, yeah, I'm not even going to sit here and like even try and make predictions. I mean, Chelsea, the way it's going, could be down there. Probably the worst form team in the league, minus Wolves. In this crazy season, I absolutely could. But, no, no, of course not. It's actually not going to happen. But, yeah, I'm looking at that bottom three and that's going to change. You know what I mean? Yeah. It feels like this is the first season where good teams will go down. There's not bad teams. Yeah. Like good teams will go down simply because everyone's better than them. Not because they're garbage. And that's going to be interesting. Mm. That's a much better way to go down, though, isn't it? Like, yeah. Rather than just having that one team that gets smashed every year or every week. True. It's asset stripping, though. It's going to be... For, for some clubs... We're not going to see him back for a few seasons if they go down. Like Wolves, that project's not well, if they go down. Everton. Look at Burnley. True. But Burnley, Burnley never went ham. Burnley never overextended, did they? Like they had Jack Cork no. for their entire duration as their midfielder. Like they didn't exactly push the ball. Their out. team's practically unchanged. I was watching it at the weekend. Yeah. Well, it could happen. It could bounce back. But yeah, I feel like Southampton at the moment. One biggest worry. I actually feel like Wolves will get that new manager bounce with the pedigree. Yeah. I just feel like Southampton look ill prepared. They do, but they've made the change, so you don't know. You don't know. No, I think true. Exactly. I have no idea. You know, all I know is Newcastle are going to end up fifteenth. All I know. (laughs) (laughs) That is written. That is a fact. (laughs) You can check it. That's where they finish every season. Honestly, 15th, mate. Honestly, looking good. Anyway. You know what? We're not talking about... We haven't spoken about Harvey Barnes. Give Harvey Barnes his... his, 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 You can't talk about Harvey Barnes. He's he's perennially underrated and that's the way it stays. So we don't talk about Harvey Barnes. He's good at football (laughs) and it was a good finish. But he's ruined his whole brand because that commentator saying, Ooh, Harvey Barnes. (laughs) I need to understand the origins of that. What is? Was that actually a commentator? You know what I mean? It was like, a real. What? It was a real thing. It's a real thing. Ooh, <laughs> iconic. Check that out, guys. If you haven't seen that, it's amazing. <laughs> yeah, how to well, kill someone's career in three words? Literally, that is synonymous. If I think of Harvey Barnes, it plays in my head and repeat. Like same, same. But honestly, I think he's a really good player. Like he is. I feel like he could be trained to be a really elite winger or inside forward. Here's a hot take. I think he's better than Grealish. I do. You're in the right. You're in the right place, my man. I am not <laughs> Team Grealish. That guy is just a poor Almiron. Oh, how the tables have turned, Jackie's boy. He's going to light yeah, up the World Cup now. Mate. You heard it, folks. Way more yeah, intellect just... than Grealish. Yeah. Whenever I watch Barnes play, it's more. Feel like you could switch them out. Pretty similar. So yeah, mm. I don't disagree with that at all. Anyway, okay. on right. to the next game. Brighton yeah. one, Villa two. Two ways of looking at this. Two teams that want to finish in the top eight, but they went about it very differently. You know, you've got Villa who went big, they've got cash, they've bought a lot of players, changing a lot of things, thrashing around different directions, then you got Brighton, a very logical very methodical the way they do things Villa True. one, so just flash the money change <laughs> things up until it works <laughs> Don Unai really the revolution continues yeah yeah Unai has literally lighted it up he's got he's got he's taken some revenge on the league 
anyone who scorned him back in the day. Um, you be careful, yeah, it's mate. great to when, see. It's going to be an absolute bloodbath when Arsenal play Villa. I reckon it's going to be three 0 Villa after about twenty minutes. It's going to be bloodbath. Well, yeah, I thought when that first one came in, you know, Douglas Weave got the ball stolen, looked for a foul, never gonna, never on. I say never on. I was like, wow, Brighton are literally going to smash these guys three 0 And to Villa's credit, they literally came right back, like right back into it. I was super impressed, and I feel like Brighton. Looking, it wasn't enough end product from them. Just a lot of passing, a lot of passing, a lot of ponderous. It was. What? No, that doesn't sound like Brian. I know. No end product. <laughs> <laughs> you must have the wrong team. <laughs> Danny Welbeck. Was... <laughs> Honestly, Unai set out to frustrate them. Really narrow. Did really, really good actually. Did a number on them. It was honestly like two tactical geniuses in the sense, like Unai Emery, the maverick, the villain versus Deserby, yeah. the maverick. It was, yeah, it was super interesting to watch. And I was really surprised at Villa 1, to be honest. I was. So it was well-deserved, in my opinion. It was well-deserved, mate. They, I thought they hustled Brighton really well. They, like, attacked as a unit. They used the width. Fuck me. How long have we been saying Villa need to actually use a bit of width in their team? They did its really good effect. And that's the first time this season that Villa have won two in a row. So, wow. I'd say fully justified getting rid of Gerrard already even if it all goes wrong from here um, I have random points that I just want to sort of point out and float by you <laughs> some of them are just, just odd Pascal Gross at right back with Tarek Lamptey on the bench that's weird what's up with that I feel like Potter Graham Potter has done more damage to English football than any coach he's making everyone a potential fullback and it's not okay how how can you not play Tarek Lamptey ahead of Pascal Gross at right back? Yeah, I don't know. Lamptey obviously had a really big injury last year, but you're right. What has happened to him? He was meant to be the next big thing. I know there's always a next big thing, isn't there? It's like Livermento. He was meant to be the next big thing. But yeah. I haven't really seen him feature yet. Interesting. I wonder you need why. to stop playing everyone at right back, Chelsea and Brighton. Just stop it. Get out of your system and then stop it. <laughs> okay. It's, it's a joke. Pascal Gross, your best attacker at right back. What is that? I know. It worked once for you, Brighton. Don't try and do it again, though. Do you know what I mean? Exactly. Like, what's wrong with just playing people in position? Yeah. I just don't understand. Like, when did it become uncool? Stressing me out. Me neither. Can you imagine? It's just one day. They were like, do you know who'd be a good right back for Arsenal? Martinelli. Get him back there. <laughs> so it's like, yeah. like, what the fuck is this? Uh, uh, what? <laughs> <laughs> well, like, Odegaard is the same like Pascal Gross. You're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's ludicrous, but, mate. So they deserve. I to can't say it, you know, like it didn't affect. I don't think it affected Brighton too much doing that. They just Villa caused them so many problems. They're just so narrow, and I feel like they just constricted Brighton's ability to play it out from the back. Like Lewis Dunk had a very strange, poor game. I don't often did. see it with Lewis Dunk, but he did have he did. a poor game. And I feel like he was just he was just getting trapped. A little bit like how how Newcastle did it, but. Yeah, the thing is, you're watching Villa now and like, there's a manager who actually knows how to implement tactics or even just has tactics. And you're like, oh wow, that, it actually makes a huge difference, right? I, I, I don't know if it's does. just new manager bounce. Maybe it is new manager bounce, but I just feel like there's been an upgrade there. And then, it's yeah. a huge upgrade, mate, I think. Mm. I mean, unfortunately for Gerard, had he not been Gerard, he wouldn't have got the job in the first place. And the longer this goes on, the lower he's going to have to go to restart his career, it looks like. Minimum championship, I'd say, at this point. But 
enough doom and gloom it's time to talk about my favorite topic danny ings unshackled <laughs> from gerard ball and looking good four goals looking in four games good. since gerard left he's probably the biggest beneficiary from the change of manager and i fucking i love it i fucking love it mate his 100th and 101st goal in his career and he just looks great scored both the goals one was a pen one was a great finish here's a hot take odd record I reckon Danny Ings will score more goals than any Chelsea or Man United player this season. United? Wow. Wow. You thought about this. You've chosen United for a reason. So let's have a think. Rashi. Rashi's going to be the nearest competitor, it seems. Exactly. You feel confident. You feeling confident? I feel pretty confident that you look pretty confident. more than Rashford. How many Ings on now? don't know I've let, if he's got four and four let's just be conservative and say five <laughs> stick on four and four he's got five yeah so I reckon I mean Chelsea oh yeah he's going to outscore Danny Ings Sterling yeah, probably best best hope but nah, don't see it yeah Danny Ings is a player this is why it was like suspicious how bad it was because you're like you look at it he's got a good team Mm-hmm. Um, it's a bit lopsided, but United's just going to bring the best out of them, you know. And yeah. I think a two-one, a two-one result at, at the Amex is a really kind of morale-boosting result. So yeah, they're probably going to climb up the table now. But then again, it's one of those teams where the World Cup breaks come to come at the worst time, so it'll be interesting. But United's going to work his villain vibes on Aston Villa over these next they, six weeks. They need, they need to get like they need to get appropriate sort of entrance music for each game that sort of aligns with that villain vibe. <laughs> You know, like the hee hee ho ho, that one. They need that yeah, one to come yeah, in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Honestly, what could they use? I'll dig. I'll dig in the archives and have a think. But I mean, yeah, it just seems so right, Unai, with Aston Villa right now. Great appointment. Bit of a coup for them, so really. Good. Don't know if they deserve it. Huge coup. But yeah, very impressive. All right, on to the last game. Uh, Nottingham Forest 1, Crystal Palace nil. The battle of two teams with very long names. Um, <laughs> pretty boring. <laughs> do, do you like that? <laughs> let's, let's just talk the main points. Yeah. Zaha penalty. Do you think it was a pen? Uh, well, you know how I feel about penalties these days. Any holding is a foul, so it's a foul. You think it's a foul? It was really weird. The, the camera angles are really inconclusive to me. Like, any I watched it multiple times. Any holding is a foul. Oh, the players are so looking for it now, mate. Like, they're just looking for it. They're just looking for this. Like, they're it. looking for any contact. It's worse than ever. VAR's made it worse than ever. Because it, it turns mate, out that sure. video replays make it more ambiguous than the referee just making a call. Which makes sense. Because when you're a referee making a call, you're running with the context of the game. Like... Mm-hmm. You know, like, you're there during the build-up. You can see, like, the intent. It was a malicious. I don't know, like, in real time, maybe it's better just to have one decision instant to question it. Like, it's a game of chance at the end of the day. It's a game. Fouls are ultimately a perception from a referee or perception of us, isn't it? So they make a judgment for each one. Obviously, some are obvious fouls. But these penalty calls, it's, it's totally 50-50. And yeah, I think unfortunately the standard of refereeing has dropped a little bit, and so there is a need for VAR, but VAR has added no value really. 
it's just made everything a little bit more fractious and just makes us have these pointless debates every week. It's not made the game better. It's probably made it worse. Yeah, it's certainly taken the fun out of it a little bit. So, mm-hmm. you know, but yeah, to be honest, after that massive round, it probably was a pen. It's not the worst thing I've seen this season given, so... Definitely you know, not. No Definitely not. What else happened? Mitchell made a pretty horrific challenge on Lingard. Could have been a red. Very naughty. I liked it. Very naughty. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Jesse, mate. Never gets a break, that guy. Let's talk about Jesse Lingard. He is a flop. 13 games, zero goals, zero assists. Ooh, that is not pretty reading, in all fairness. No, it's not. That is not, man. Changed my mind, but nah. He's been a total flop. I mean... They did pick up on the free. Can you be a flop if you're a free? I thought a flop was only if you spent money on them. I don't know. You tell me, mate. Would you say that Alexis Sanchez at Man United was a flop? Oh, yeah. yeah. I suppose he's in big wages as well, isn't he? Isn't he, Lingard? Yeah. What this is is a That's classic fair. case of buying a loan player who's done well on loan. Now, admittedly, it's not the same club, but they've done it again. They've done it Don't again. Don't buy loan players who've done well. Apart from Odegaard, who's a nicer counter-trend, but yeah. Do you That's reckon Forrest has got enough to, to stay up? I don't know anymore. I'm confused, to be honest. I don't think so, but... January's coming and I imagine they're going to buy more players and make things even more confusing so I don't know do they even um, have space in their squad to do that anymore though like there's a 25 just, limit isn't just there get rid, just get rid of some mate just churn some out just release some get some more <laughs> I don't know but the the best signing currently is probably Morgan Gibbs-White a second goal um, in two games now he's looking really good costs a lot of money and I think the best compliment I can give him is it looks very silly that Wolves let him go now. Especially considering they can't score any goals. He actually looks quite handy in front of goal as a sort of force nine. And I could see that at Wolves. With Guedes, and Podence like, buzzing around him. He's just a big guy. Arguably, Wolves had the answer to what they needed the whole time for they let go. It's true, actually. He's like that one kind of... One player who's just got that kind of dynamism about him and sort of like he can do something. He does look quite like an exciting player. Fair enough, the stats yeah. and the end product don't really kind of show it right now, but definitely one to watch in the future. Is he worth 42.5 mil? Probably not. Probably but... not. Probably take that deal still if I was Wolves, but Wolves probably didn't think they'd what? be funniest by now. So Exactly. What if Forrest stay up and Wolves go down? Then that 42 mil is going to feel real hollow. <laughs> um, so what do you reckon Forrest going to stay up like we just said in the previous match it's just too hard to tell that no, I just don't want to say mm. yeah I just, I just don't want to call it right now I, they don't look like one of the better teams down there but you just don't know mate like Steve Cooper's meant to be a really good boss they've now got a good break I'm sure not many of them are going away well, maybe they are I don't know but they've, they've accrued enough points in the context of this season to, to give themselves a chance of staying up. Turns yeah, def- Bournemouth. Definitely, definitely. What do you think about Palace? Palace are a bit confusing, aren't they? I feel like they flatter to deceive. Like Losing to Forest yeah. is not a great look. And honestly, they could get dragged into the relegation battle very quickly. 
They're hovering around mm. it. Mm. Very weird. So, uh, I know what you mean. Like we're always praising Palace, but I don't know if it warrants it anymore. <laughs> they just play yeah. really. They have really nice football, don't they? They play really nice football. They're exciting team to watch. Obviously, from a neutral perspective, you probably favour them more as a team, but it really needs to start translating into results, isn't it? It's all one of good getting compliments for playing nice football, but we're getting dragged into this relegation. You don't, you don't want to get dragged into this relegation fight this season, of all seasons. Nah, it looks particularly vicious, doesn't it? Particularly vicious down yeah. there. I feel like Patty V's got to kick on a little bit, though, if he wants to. Because there's the argument that maybe they should be doing better. I think again. so. I think there should be. Um, yeah, one to watch. A couple more losses and pressure's going to ramp up real quick. But they've got a bit of time now. I'm sure they can work some things yeah. out. I think most of their players are staying staying at home. So we will see. Um, right, that's the end of the Premier League roundup. But we've got some extra announcements because this is also the end of the first third of the Premier League before the World Cup. So just to reiterate, we are covering the World Cup and we do it from the backseat style, which means we're doing every goddamn game, which is going to be kind of crazy and we'll probably slowly lose our minds during the group stages, but we're going to make it work and it's going to be good. We've got some really good hosts and hopefully those of you who support, you know, international countries that don't have great podcast content, look no further. We got you. We got you. We got you. It's so, going to be a slog. We have no idea how this is going to go down, but we have got a rigorous schedule planned for this. Extremely rigor- rigorous. Socialising has gone out the window. It's just fully like, focused. It's, it's podcasting. Football, football, football. Yeah. And I'm excited. I'm really excited. Um, it's going to be a nice break from Prem as well, because international World Cups especially offer something a little different. So Definitely. there's going to be many stories and yeah, can't wait to see how it all unfolds, to be honest. I agree. I agree, mate. And before we wrap up, I wanted to revisit some of our hot takes from the start of the season to see how we're doing. Oh, that's cruel. That's cruel. Let's see. So I've got a couple of hot takes on here. Don't seem to have your hot takes, so we'll see if you remember them. <laughs> My hot take number one, Julian Alvarez will get more goals in all comps than Arlen. <laughs> I think that was I think that was we can probably say that was a that was a flop I think that was Um, was a no (laughs) I mean look there were hot takes for a reason we couldn't come in and give some tepid takes we had to come in hot (laughs) to set a standard that was a little bit too hot dial it back message received Um, Gerard will be the first manager sacked he wasn't but didn't take I mean, he ended up being about fifth, to be fair, fifth or sixth. But the writing was on the wall for a while. Well, you've done well there. You've done really well there. I'm really impressed. Well, I'm really impressed. He wasn't the first. He wasn't the first, mate. That's so funny. That's so funny. I mean, he wasn't. Who was the first? Scott, Scott Parker. Ah. Uh... Low Scott Parker, Bruno Large, Hassan Hutel. Although that was more recent. Tommy Tuchel was like second I think bloody hell yeah Loads, Tommy mate. you're Loads. right fair enough I mean like, you're still right he was absolutely atrocious yeah. yeah not like a kick uh, best transfer of the summer Sven Botman I think that's not outrageous I think he's he's quietly done a very very good job well and Newcastle are third so 
least conceded goals. It's the only metric yeah. he should be judged by, really. Biggest flop of the summer, biggest flop signing, Sterling slash Koulibaly or Lissandro Martinez. That's kind of a cheat. But Lissandro kind Martinez was good. But Sterling, Koulibaly, you know. They haven't exactly it's kind of hard though, isn't it? Because like, obviously Tuchel got fired and now he's playing left wing back and it's just taken a turn that no one expected at that point. So Flop. Flops. <laughs> oh. If you have to justify it, they're flops. It's true. It's true. I don't know. I don't know if Sterling's going to recover, to be fair. Like, his city form may just well be his peak because he's playing in a super team. Potentially. And now he's playing left wing back. Nightmare. Not looking gay. Not looking gay, not looking great. Uh, <laughs> no, it's not. Well, yeah. So that that's a roundup. I'd say that's a mixed bag, but not terrible. Um, do you remember any of yours? Oh, I'm sure I documented my hot take somewhere. Where did they go? I feel like you said the signing of the summer would be Gabriel Jesus because you were very biased and everything was looking rosy. I think that's probably. Mm, I think that's okay. I don't. You know what? In the right. first first seven games it was looking right and obviously the it next was. seven games maybe not so right so yeah oh that's really annoying I have no idea what I've done with mine no idea at all so well, let's just assume that everything I said was right and yeah. they weren't hot <laughs> yeah Newcastle to come 15th was the stand up point that I remember you making on the episode <laughs> that was very strong so I think we'll we'll say it was probably a mixed bag of predictions yeah yeah, yeah. I mean, I feel like we've got some things definitely wrong, but on the whole, it hasn't been too outrageous from the stuff that we've we proposed back in the day. No, Not that let's I see. Seem to let's see what the uh, World Cup predictions churn out. Let's see how that goes. See <laughs> <if we're laughs> yeah, yeah. To be honest, it's looking like anyone's tournament. There's no. There is obviously Brazil the clear favourites, but beyond that, it's anyone's guess, isn't it? 100%. That's why it makes it interesting. But anyway, on that note, let's wrap up. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter to learn more about, you know, when we release episodes for the World Cup. But yeah, it's going to be fun and it's probably not coming home, but we can dream. We certainly can and we certainly will. Um, and yeah, looking forward to it. So we will see you later in the week. Thank you very much, Jack. Good to see you. I will see you soon as well. Yep, looking forward to it. Goodbye, everyone.